Welcome back to the John Krasinski Show from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. John, the Timberwolves are on a four-game winning streak. Uh, they bookended that winning streak with an ungodly loss to the Pistons and a should a game that shouldn't have been that close against the Rockets, but it's still it's a four-game winning streak. I'm going to take it. What has gone right during this stretch? Yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I, it just feels like they are starting to figure out how best to to utilize Rudy Gobert, and Gobert is starting to understand how he needs to be more emphatic on the court to earn some trust from these guys. And we saw it in Houston on Sunday night, a lot of emphatic dunks, um, a lot of sort of the loud plays that I had been asking him for uh, maybe a week or two ago to start to do just to get people's attention. And that is translating, I think, to a little bit more of a belief in him among his teammates. Now the game in Houston was really ugly in the first half and was kind of indicative of the same old Timberwolves who come out and take an opponent lightly and, and really kind of um, embarrass themselves, frankly, Uh, but they were able to right the ship and they did it with Rudy really asserting himself uh, on defense and offense and then kind of riding that wave in the second half with him and Jan McDaniels and D'Angelo Russell. So there's just as a little bit more of an, of an identity starting to emerge here. And now you have four straight wins. Um, now it seems like they're starting to believe in each other a little bit more. And I think that's a good step in the right direction. Still a long ways to go, still a lot to work on, but the, these last four have been pretty encouraging on that front. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic, and he's the star of this show. He also contributes to the Viking Update show here at TalkNorth.com. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Our sponsors, TSR Injury Law, All Energy Solar, Head Flyer Brewing, Manscaped, and, of course, we're live from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thank you for listening. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. We do appreciate it. I have to admit, I was watching i took a break from football to watch the wolves yesterday and when they started playing the way they played in that first quarter i you know i'm 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 not somebody who gets very emotionally evolved very often in the sports <laughs> i cover i try to be rational i was ready to punch my tv yeah i and and you should have been it was i mean it was gross watching them play early i mean alperin shangun who is a very gifted offensive player but not 18 points in the first half, not get whatever he wants kind of gifted. Um, that was a problem. Their tran- the, the Rockets getting out in transition and dunking all over everyone was a problem. All of the old sort of bugaboos about this team were there. Lack of toughness, lack of uh, intensity, and it just seemed like they came out and saw the Rockets' record, which is really terrible, saw how they generally play, which the Rockets are maybe the worst sort of organized team in the league. They're just a collection of individual players who do their own thing. Um, and they, and they just expected Houston to roll over and, and, and them to take control. And it took them a good 20 minutes of game time to actually wake up and realize, you know, we're going to actually have to start to try here. And they still even trailed going into the fourth quarter. Um, so It's not one of those games where you do look at and you say, oh, this team really has it all figured out. They don't yet. Um, But 
they were able to do enough to avoid a disastrous loss, unlike what they were, uh, what happened to them at Target Center w- against Detroit last weekend. So at least there is a, a modicum of progress there. But I do think that the way that they started that game does show that this is still a team that by no means does do they have things all figured out. Do you have any injury updates on Cat and Jordan McLaughlin? I mean, I wish I did, but it, it, it's unfortunately pretty much the same. Both of them are still probably weeks away here. Um, you know, McLaughlin did try to come back and aggravated the calf injury. They do not want that to happen with Towns. And so they are just being, it, it, and it's not even like they're being cautious. I mean, calf strains like this can take a long time to heal and they are taking a long time to heal in both cases. So um, you're starting to see a little bit of e- each player doing a little bit more work, McLaughlin more than Carl Anthony Towns in terms of individual work on the court, getting a little bit of running in, getting some shooting in and things like that. But uh, don't hold your breath. It's it's going to be a while for both of them before we get them back. I'll say this about Gobert. Uh, it has been encouraging. They seem to be finding him where he needs to be found more often. He seems to be finishing with more force. He seems to be rebounding with more force, blocking shots with more force, all of which you did uh, say needed to happen a week or two ago. I also feel like it's amazing how much we've lowered expectations. When the trade was made, those of us who liked the trade thought, this is going to elevate the entire franchise. It's going to improve their defense, it's going to improve their rebounding, it's going to fix exactly what's wrong with them. And this is going to be a powerful powerhouse team. And now he goes 18 and 11 against a team without a center. And we're all excited. It's like, I feel like, I feel like we are really grading on a curve right now. I, I feel like Rudy Gobert should get 18 and 11 in his sleep. That shouldn't be like some great uh, breakout game. Yeah, no, I th- I think the great game was the Clippers game on last Friday when he had 25 and 21 um and and really did his his way there um and and that was that was like the okay, here's Rudy Gobert. Like here's a a player who is capable of dominating a game and that's what he did. I mean, against the Rockets, he did really dominate the second half. Um I mean, Shangun did not score a, a point um and 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 Gobert really controlled the paint, was throwing down a bunch of dunks, but the first half was very glaring in how um, badly he was outplayed, frankly. And so you're right in terms of, I do think that there is a little bit of a reorganizing of expectations for him. Uh, but I do also think, Jim, that my perception or my my vision for what Rudy Gobert it was going to be for the Timberwolves was I always envisioned him as more of a ultra high level role player because I envisioned it being more Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns led in the star category. And Gobert was the guy who was going to come in and do more of the little things to make this engine hum and you know blocking shots um altering shots deterring people from coming into the paint grabbing rebounds all of those things and that those aren't necessarily the splashy highlight plays i did not really expect him to be sort of dunking on everyone 
kind of the way that he did against Houston in the second half there. Um, but he, he, here's where it's gone now is that because Towns has been hurt so for so long uh, and because it was a really underwhelming combination of the two of them in the first 19 games before he was injured, I do think that it it made me and I think it made fans look at it and say, hey, we need more from Rudy Gobert. And so it's gradually shifted a little bit more to where Rudy has to be more than a high level role player. You know, take the the money out of it, take what they traded for him out of it. Um, he was go- he he has to do more, and he's starting to do that, um, and needs to be more consistent with it. But uh, at the beginning of the season, I I did picture him more in the hey average fifteen and. 12 15 and 13 but be the guy who makes sure that this defense is a top 10 top 5 defense and that's what he hasn't been able to do yet they're still 14th or 15th in the league in in defensive rating and and so that to me has been the disappointment is that he has not sort of changed the 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 face of this defensive team um uh, in a large way and that's where I where I think that he needs to do more. I mean, the 20 and 20 nights are, are really nice to see, but I, I want to see him be more effective in a team concept with influencing how good this defense can be. And are they changing the way they use him defensively? Are they having him just be a rim protector more and less of a, you know, a prim, you know, a guy who chases pick and roll in the perimeter? Well, it's kind of, they're trying, they're varying it. They're mixing it up a little bit. Uh, There are times where they have him out high and he's, he is doing a little bit more chasing. Also, I think what really worked against the Clippers was he was more in that spy role where he kind of was just lingering and lurking around the rim and really affecting things that way. And it kind of depends on who their opponent is in terms of what they're able to execute on the defensive side that way. Um, sometimes, like, for instance, we'll see D'Angelo Russell is not on the court at, with Rudy, and that allows him to be more of a roamer. Um, when D'Angelo Russell is on the court, uh, he, Rudy can't be that free-roaming guy because Russell kind of is more attached to the the, the weakest offensive player, and and so Rudy has to be a little bit more active. Um, and then there are other, you know, there are other lineups with against shooters, against smaller lineups where where Rudy can really kind of just be more of a of a free safety quarterback type of a defense defender, and and that works pretty well. Uh, but you're seeing them do all sorts of different things with him, which is what Chris Finch wanted to be able to do when they added him. He wanted to be a, a team that was able to throw multiple looks at. At an, at, at an opponent, especially in a playoff series. So they have taken strides somewhat in, in finding that, but I still think they have a lot of kinks to work out that way and a lot of improvement to, to have before they can kind of say that they've, they've found something there truly that they can hang their hat on. I have really enjoyed watching Torian Prince not only return and contribute, but really uh, come on strong. I mean, he is—he did not exactly ease his way back into the lineup. He came in and made an immediate impact. It's been—it's it, huge. You know, we have talked about how they've missed Prince, how they've missed McLaughlin, how when Anderson has been out, they've been missed. Obviously, they miss Carl Anthony Towns, 
um, he, you know, given his varied skill set and how important he is. But I really do think that it has been underestimated what Torian Prince, what Jordan McLaughlin bring to this group in terms of competitiveness, in terms of competence, in terms of IQ, like all of it. And then you get the clutch shot making. I mean, every time that Prince lines up a, a, a fairly open three, I think it's going down. And he's he defends very well. He also gets out in transition and gets this team out and running a little bit more and and not executing, not having to execute everything in the half court. So he is earning all of those minutes. He's, you know, getting 27, 28 a game right now and deserves every single one of them. And it really does show like what they were missing with him out. He is a connector, um, just the kind of a glue guy that that every lineup needs. And you put him out there with Anderson and, and Jade McDaniels and Rivers, and now all of a sudden you have really smart, competent veterans around Rudy and Ant, and that is a very good combination for this team and one that Anthony Edwards really responds well to in particular. 612-TSR-TIME. That's all you need to remember. If you were injured, call 612-TSR-TIME. That will connect you with a lawyer at TSR Injury Law. They win a lot of cases. They will not charge you unless they win your case. It is no risk. And if you need that kind of help, you're going to need really good help. They will help you. 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. Also very proud to be associated with Head Flyer Brewing, which has hosted the John Krasinski Show and the Cheryl Reeve Show. Tell us more about Head Flyer, John. That's right, Jim. Headflyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, right off of 35W on Hennepin Avenue. Great, great tap room, great beer selection. And they have some new beers that have been on tap for a little bit here that we're, we've been telling you about. The Kingfield Coffee Porter, collaboration with the friends at 5 Watt, which is right next door, to add a unique twist to a classic porter by blending cold-pressed coffee, milk sugar, sea salt, and vanilla beans. They also have a mint chocolate factory. It, Step into the mint chocolate factory and be greeted with a smooth pastry stout brewed with decadent mint chocolates. Rich, dark, and creamy, this beer is sure to be an indulgent treat. Get into Headflyer Brewing. Uh, take your wife, take your friends, go watch a Wolves game. My wife and I have been going there for years, much longer than they've been associated with this show. We just love to drop in on, on a weeknight, on a weekend, and, and hang out for a little while, have a beer. There's food trucks that are always there. If you don't, if you can't get into the tap room, you can get a lot of their beers at your local liquor stores throughout the metro area. Headflyer Brewing, Headflyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. A new year means renewed solar energy incentives from local utility providers. Want to save money in your solar install? Find out what incentives you could qualify for at allenergysolar.com slash coach. All Energy Solar, delivering quality solar installations for homes and businesses since 2009. Get a free solar quote at allenergysolar.com slash coach. Want to be more green this year? Solar Energy can help. The electrical grid has limited space for renewable energy, so beat the rush and plan your solar installation soon. Solar with energy can provide peace of mind during winter storms, and guess what? Soon enough, you'll be worrying about summer storms. So check it all out. Get all the information you need at All Energy Solar dot com slash coach and thanks also to manscaped 
Happy New Year from our friends at Manscaped. The ball is officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code ATHLETIC for 20% off and free shipping. Let's have a toast for a new year, new you. And a new you with no pubes. It's a new year, new balls with the global leaders in below the waist grooming. This year, take your package to the next level with their Performance Package 4.0 and other premium wet goods. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature Lawnmower 4.0. The advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2023 looks to be. A grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2023 self. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest parts of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. And to complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the code ATHLETIC. This show is brought to you by Aquarius Home Services Studio. I also should have mentioned that the best way to Check out everything from All Energy Solar is allenergysolar.com. So I have thought highly of Chris Finch. I've heard great things about him from people in the organization. You've heard great things about Chris from people around the NBA and in the basketball world. And it's kind of an age-old debate. Should you hold a head coach responsible for how hard his players play? And, you know, I'm sitting there because I generally have defended Finch and thought highly of him, but I'm watching that first quarter against the Rockets going, God, Chris, kick somebody in the teeth, you know, kick, just smack somebody in the head, whatever, do something. You know, I'm, I was saying things I never say uh, and I, that I don't even necessarily believe in most of the time, but should Chris have a better mechanism for getting something out of this group? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I do think that there are times when he can maybe shuffle the decks a little bit quicker when things are going the wrong way. And so, for instance, in this first quarter, um, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit tougher in the first quarter to do it just because that's typically when you put your starters out and when you want to give them kind of a, a, a longer leash just to try and get into the game um, make their presence felt, all of those things. But, um, you know, Anthony Edwards played all 12 minutes in the first quarter, but everyone else was kind of the normal rotation. Jade McDaniels got seven and a half, Kyle Anderson, eight minutes, uh, D'Angelo Russell and, and Gobert both got seven and a half minutes as well. It's roughly about where they are. And, and so I think that Finch had a, had an issue with, does he pull the plug really early? on that and just try and maybe you throw Nas Reed in there, maybe you throw Torian Prince in there, River, somebody to get a spark. Or do you say, uh, these are my guys, I'm going to stick with them and, and try and get them to figure it out. And, and more often than not, he has been a, f- hey guys, figure it out type of a coach. Um, I, I think there have been times where he could have he very much been more of the get the heck out of here, 
uh, let's get find somebody who will do this type of a guy. Um, I think that it worked for him last night, but maybe more so it worked for him because the Rockets are just so bad. Like mm-hmm. all you had to do was stay in the game long enough and they were going to start giving this giving uh, the game away. And and so maybe he looked at the opponent and said, hey, I'm going to let my guys work through this because it will go that way. And if it really had gotten much worse, he would have changed the course. But um, but how much worse can it get than down 20 to the Rockets in the first half? That's you know, that's that's it. And so I do think that there are there are times where he could be a little bit more of a reactionary type of uh, of a coach and just get the heck out of there. Now we, we saw him do it against the Clippers when he, uh, when he sat D'Angelo Russell down for the final six minutes of the game. Um, We've seen him do it in, in several other games, but yeah, I I still think that there is another level that he could reach in terms of demanding more out of his group um, when it comes to when you see flat performances, especially in the third quarters, which have been a problem all year long. Uh, that's the one where it's just like, come on, guys, what what more can I do here? He's given them every single opportunity to address that. And if they don't address it, put in Luca Garza, put in Nate Knight, put in, you know, just something to, to, to kind of send a message and change things up a little bit. Does Garza have a future as a rotation player in the NBA? I think he can be a rotation player in the NBA. Yes. Um, you know, I think that the most encouraging thing that we have seen from him in some of the minutes that he's gotten lately is that he is learning how to minimize his defensive shortcomings. Um, that that's always going to be a problem for him. He has some heavy feet. And so moving quickly is not his strength, but I do think that he is, anticipating a little bit better. He's he's starting to be in the right spot earlier so that he doesn't have to be this super agile um you know roaming defender and catch up when when he's behind. And so that's helping him. Um he certainly has enough offensive game to be a rotational player. And so as the trade deadline gets closer, Jim, it really is going to be interesting to see how the wolves navigate this because they do have needs. They do have things that they um, need to go get, but the one area of strength, the one area where they have a, an overflow of talent is in the front court at the big position. And so can Garza, can Nate Knight be enough of a third slash fourth big that it would afford you the ability to trade Nas Reed to try and get something of value in return. That's a big question that I think the Wolves are trying to answer right now. I They love Nas Reed. I don't think they want to trade Nas Reed at all, but this is a, a business where you got to spend money to make money, and um, Nas is going to be a free agent this summer. Um, you, ha- you, you have Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, so can you do you have enough minutes to give him so um to to maximize his potential you don't and so maybe they can get by with a garza nate knight sort of combination there and and rebalance their roster a little bit more 
by a movie Nas Reed. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. I have no sourcing to tell me that they are thinking about that, but it's just something that I'm looking at as the trade deadline comes up in about a month from now. Well, and if we're going to talk trades, uh, is there any chance they moved D'Angelo Russell during the season? And is there anybody out there who would take him? Well, the, the, I, I, I can't say that there is no chance. Um, I, th- I think there is a chance that, that he could be traded. But as th- far as I understand it, as of right now, there hasn't been much of a market for D'Angelo Russell. Um, I wouldn't say that the Timberwolves are just like out there shopping him um, for for whatever they can get. They're not. They need because they want value back if they if they do move him because Russell is playing is shooting the ball really really well uh, ever since you know the start of December he's been great last you know against the Rockets six for 13, four for seven, 22 points. He had four turnovers. Um, some of his defense is is spotty. He only he can play it in in spurts, but, but not in others, but he is, he has been valuable as a shot maker for this group for more than a month now. And so if they give him up, they want to get something in return to help them and not just dump him as a salary. And so far they have had no uh, success in finding realistic deals that would move Russell out and bring them back some sort of return that they could they believe that they could use to help them get to the playoffs. And so I think that all of that will continue to be explored um, over this next month. And maybe if Russell keeps shooting the ball really well, he will entice someone else to to give him a shot for a little bit here. Um, but the the market is cool on D'Angelo Russell. That's just the way that it is right now. One more segment in this show. We have a million things to get to, but we'll probably get to them next week. A lot of uh, it's such an interesting roster, even if even when they don't play. It's such an interesting roster. So many moving parts. Once again, thank you to TSR Injury Law, AllEnergySolar.com, Head Flyer Brewing, Manscaped, and thank you for to Aquarius Home Services providing the studio. Thanks to our producer Brandon Morton. Thank you all for listening. So, how are you? You know, they've been through a recent terrible stretch. Now they're on a four-game winning streak. How do you feel about where they are in the standings and what the Western Conference competition is going to be like the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, the Wolves have gotten lucky, Jim, that the West is this muddled right now um, and really all season. When they were going through their their really difficult stretches, including just the the six-game losing streak that they recently just came out of – they were falling, 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 but they were not dead and buried. And now what we have what I was saying during those harder times is they're not that far away from getting back into the conversation. Lo and behold, here comes a four game winning streak and they are now in ninth place in the West, firmly in the plan, but also they are a game and a half out of the five seed like the five seed, they are one half of a game out of the six seed. And you look at the timing of this winning streak that they are on right now, this mini surge could not have been better because not only are they winning and not only did they need to win, especially coming out for that Detroit game when things were really looking terrible, but as they have started to win, everyone in front of them, except the top two seeds have started to lose. The Pelicans are are going to be without Zion Williamson for a little while with the hamstring. They've they've lost two straight. They're they're they you know they're up a little ways. 
the Mavericks, uh, I, I don't. I'm not scared of them. They're they're uh, they've lost one. The Kings have lost two in a row. The Warriors have lost two in a row. But most importantly, the Clippers have lost six in a row, and the Suns have lost six in a row. And those those are the two in the seven and eight seeds right now. So the the Wolves have kind of really stormed up the charts here and are right firmly back in the middle of this conversation. They play Detroit on Wednesday. And they better win that game. And then they come home to play Phoenix on Friday. And by that time, with Phoenix missing Devin Booker for another month or so, they could be ahead of the Suns and ahead of the Clippers and really closing in on the sixth seed. So um, they need to continue to maintain this momentum. They have to keep building on what they've done and get much better at it. But for all of the hair pulling and nail biting that was totally understandable while they were struggling. You just look at the rest of this Western conference field and you're not worried about really anyone, maybe except for Denver and Memphis right at the top. And, and so I just think that there's no reason to, to say that the wolves cannot not only just get back in firmly into the plan, but even make a, a push for, that five or six seed and 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 being out of the playing altogether, it's it it is a possibility for them with the way things stack up here. And really, I come into the season, I thought the most rational, realistic goal was four seed. You get the four seed mm-hmm. yes. home playoff advantage. Uh, that's a step up. It's it gives you an advantage in the first round of plays. It gives you a fighting chance to win the first. And I thought a good consolation prize would be the fifth seed because you're playing the fourth seed. That's a pretty evenly matched first round playoff series you could win. I mean, those things are still there. They're still right there. I mean, the four seed right now is they're three games out of the four seed and they don't have Carl Anthony Towns yet. Um, and But you look at it and I think they are hands down without question from from 1 through 15 a much more talented roster than Dallas. Now Dallas has the one number one there that Luka is by far the best player um in, in, in uh, of either team, but in 2 through 15 I bet I would take the Wolves second best, third best, fourth best, fifth best, sixth best player all over Dallas's. Um and and so you like that. The Kings have been a great story. Um, they're playing very, very well. Uh, but the Wolves have a more talented roster than they do. Uh, the Warriors are the team that is poised to have some sort of a jump up and run when Steph, when Steph comes back. And and that's the team I'm watching. The Clippers, I am not worried about. They just don't seem to have the internal the you know desire to 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 be really good in the regular season and then the suns i think chris paul is getting old booker is hurt and they are in free fall the blazers have fallen out uh the the utah jazz have fallen by the wayside it's the lakers and the wolves who are kind of really putting things together and i like the wolves better than i do the lakers right now so um nothing is lost here like it it, it has been really difficult it has been frustrating but nothing is lost. It's all still right there for them if they can get their act together and sustain some of this good stuff that they've started to put together here. Everybody, please check out the Cheryl Reeve Show. We have one of the great coaches in the world on our network. We're very proud of that. Also check out the Viking Update Show. John and I taking a writer's and uh, former, in John's case, uh, 
former fans view of the purple and the most fascinating scenes we've ever seen. Uh, last note here, I will say that uh, it's been a pleasure to listen to Michael Grady and Jim Peterson. Uh, just great combination of, you know, easy communication. I think Grady does a great job of uh, just steering and, and letting Jim shine. Jim, of course, is brilliant on, in his analysis. Uh, Michael knows the game and the league very well. I, just, I think it's just been a really good combination. It's been great, Jim. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, you know, I, I think that one thing that we really liked about Dave Benz and Jim Pete was that um, they were have always been clearly um, it vested in the outcome and wanting the Timberwolves to do well, but not over-the-top homers like we see on other broadcasts. And I think Grady has even taken that to a, 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 you know, a higher degree. Um, you, he calls the game when there's a call that goes against the wolves that should have gone against the wolves. He says it. Um, he had a great moment the other night where he was described. They had video of a conversation. I think it was between Rudy and Ant or, or some two players on the bench and, and Grady was sort of narrating the conversation himself of what he thought they were saying. And it was really funny and it was really organic. So he's not only a good um, illustrator of the game and, 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 and caller of the action. And he's got, you know, a great voice and a great handle on things, but he has these moments of levity and um, that, that, that come to the table that get Jim Pete cracking up um, that just show that he's having a good time and it allows the viewer to enjoy the experience as well. So um, for a guy who is brand new to the scene, just a couple of months on this job, um, the early returns are great. He's been fantastic. It's been really a, a lot of fun to listen to and just to see him really establish himself and start to earn uh, a lot of faith from Wolves fans. They, I think it's hard to find anyone who says anything bad about him uh, because he does. he just does a great job. He's really well prepared. Um, he does a great job in the spontaneous moments and in just just calling the game and not not overpowering the game. And that's that's it's been great. Really refreshing. Check out TalkNorth.com for all the other shows. We appreciate it. Uh, from the Aquarius Home Services Studio, this has been the John Krasinski Show. We'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.